Daddy Squared. Gay Dads Save the World. A daily dose of gay dads on the front lines of the global pandemic. With Alex McGann and Jan Dick. Hello, I'm Jan. I'm Alex. And this is Daddy Squared, day two of Gay Dad Save the World. It's important to say that we're not saving the world. We're not. We're, 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 we're saving bakeries from... Bankrupt. <laughs> from bankruptcy. But, but, but we do interview uh, people who are literally saving the world. Every day we're going to call one gay dad who is an essential worker, and we're going to hear how their lives have changed during the pandemic, and we're going to ask them sort of the same questions every day about their lives, about their families, etc. You know, something that I decided to do about a week ago, and it's kind of uh, working for me to keep the energy a little bit higher than it is, is to... Uh, you know that I'm all about the law of attractions and stuff like that. I don't know if you guys at home uh, know about this, but I'm, I'm considering Abraham Hicks my religion. Well, you yes. know, all, I knew religions, you comment about all religions are flawed. <laughs> Go ahead. So what I, what I started to do is to take one minute a day and think about and really try to envision what it would be like to go outside with no coronavirus and how fun it's going to be and really feel these feelings and I'm practicing so I believe that these feelings that I'm feeling will attract more of that. I uh, agree. Listen, I mean, I may not dig the Abraham Hicks, but I dig, I dig the idea of envisioning the positive. I hope you don't dig be. them. You don't know, dig them. They're dead. Oh, good God. But but I will but I will say this. I from what I read, the pandemic is not going to or the you know social distancing is not going to end with the snap of a finger. I kind of wish it would, because I love the idea that one day we're told, oh my God, you can go out and go crazy, right? And I, I imagine all of these random people like licking each other's faces and God only knows what. Uh, it probably won't happen that way, but I am incredibly excited by the opportunity opportunity to interact with people on the street in ways that I really feel people will want to. Yes. Um, and especially as go a, out of this podcast and lick you all. <laughs> and especially when you live in Los Angeles, a place where social distancing has been practiced for 30 years because people just, you know, live in their cars and don't talk to each other. I'm and excited. Air kissing. Yeah, there's a lot of air kissing. Um, I'm excited by the idea that people will remember how wonderful it is to be able to interact closely with each other. If you guys at home have some uh, ideas or want to share what you guys are doing to make yourselves feeling better, please uh, write to us at hello at daddysqr.com. And we're going right into the interview, right to the interview for, uh, that we have for you today. We're calling Philadelphia, uh, John Cunningham. He's a flight nurse and he's going to talk to us about what he's doing. And it's, it's kind of exciting. I think... We're ready to just start. Let's do it. Hi, John. <laughs> How are you? All right. If it's, if it's crazy on the home front, please know that our twin four-year-olds could burst in at any moment. And so that's, that's, what, that's well, what this is all about. I'm for a nap, so it's good, but the house looks like a, looks like a nightmare. So. This is an audio podcast, so you have nothing yeah. to be worried about. Um, okay, no worries. And I also presume that all of our listeners are living in shambles right now, too. <laughs> we have a predefined set of questions. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about your work and how has it changed during the pandemic? Yeah, so I'm, I'm a healthcare provider right uh, in the city of Philadelphia. So I do a lot of critical, we, I'm part of the critical care transport team for a large university uh, 
health system in Philadelphia. And it's changed drastically with this. Um, you know, it's your normal everyday work is, is, is not as what it was before. It's scary. It's, it's, it's really uneasy to go into work not knowing what you're going to have. And so, you know, whereas we before we would jump in right away and go do things, you have to really step back and take a deep breath and, and you know, make sure you're protected the right way and really kind of come up with a game plan before you even introduce yourself or step foot into the room to make sure everything's covered. I mean, and it's, it's scary. My first week back, so um, my husband and I have a daughter that's about two months old, and I took some time off from work, and my first week back was right as the pandemic was unfolding in this area. Wow. And um, it was a little rough. So my first day back, we had a patient. Um, you know, we were still kind of learning about, you know, about how we're going to handle these patients. And we had a patient that was sworn up and down that was not a COVID patient. And, um, you know, uh, that was on a Friday. On a Sunday, I developed a, a real nasty cough. And on a Monday, I got a phone call saying, hey, that patient that you, 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 you flew into the hospital uh, had COVID. Um, so I got myself a nice couple of days off. But it was it's tough because... It was days off that I was waiting for test results to come back, and I was, you know, quarantined into a TV room out of the side of my house. And my husband, who's working from home for the past six weeks, is now with the newborn working from home 12-plus hours a day, and I'm stuck in this room, and I can't even see the baby. So um, those kind of things, it's, you know, it's really taxing. Um, but the work, it, the work it needs to be done, and it's, it's kind of rewarding because – um, you know, we're seeing these patients and they don't have any family. They don't have anyone to, to care for them. It's just the, it's strangers that are, you know, with them. And, you know, I, I like to look at it as any little time that I'm with a patient, I can, can kind of talk to them and be somewhat of a human interaction. Um, and it's, it's tough because you got to show that you're not scared, even though you're petrified on the inside because these people have no one. Right. So, so it definitely changed drastically. Um, but you know, hopefully, hopefully we learn a lot from this and it, it we come up with better ways. Right. Can you, can you just be a little bit more specific? I'm, I'm curious. Your role is in transporting uh, people from, uh, help me understand a little bit better. So, so I'm a flight nurse. So what we do is um, we tend to go out to smaller hospitals that don't have a lot of resources. Um, and we go and we uh, stabilize the patient, uh, do whatever interventions we need to, and we fly them back to um, the higher care facilities. Oh, I see. So uh, helicopters and airplanes? or, or- uh, So we don't uh, – every once in a while it's airplanes, but majority of the time it's helicopters, and we do some stuff on the on ground ambulances as well. But 90% of what we do is in helicopters. Sounds like a lot oh. of vomiting to me. <laughs> it would be if I was doing it anyway. Um, and so you uh, quarantined yourself from your family and did not go to work for some period of time yeah, either, right? Yeah. I had because we had an exposure that was unknown at the time, and I was quote unquote symptomatic, even though I, I'm pretty sure it was allergies. Uh-huh. Um, they had to keep me out until you know I got tested, um, and then my results came back, and my symptoms, which was just a, a nasty dry cough, resolved. So um, I think it was about I was out for about a week from from start uh-huh. to finish, and and uh-huh. and you found out that you had not been exposed. Uh, so I was exposed, but my test results came back negative. So I, mean, I didn't actually have uh, got the COVID. It. Got it. Got um, but that being said, I was out from the family for a total of 14 days because just to be safe, the results had a 30 to 40% false positive or false negative, meaning that you test negative, but you actually have it. So right. um, our, our newborn actually has a little bit of some heart problems. So 
you know, talking with the pediatrician and everything, he's like, because of that, we, we just played it safe, and I, I quarantined for 14 days Got from it. that. So your husband your husband took care of a baby for... Yeah, and and he's he's got a he he's a he's a safety and environmental manager for a large utility company. So he's been working from home every day, wow. fourteen plus hours. I mean, he's been a saint. He's really the the saint through this whole thing. Wow! Can you tell us a little bit about the your family building story? How'd you get her? Uh, was it a she? Yeah. yeah. So uh, we it's she. This all happened right before the pandemic. It was kind of crazy. So. Um, we went through uh, an agency in the Philadelphia area. They do the tri-state area up here. They do New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia. Um, and we started the process about a year and a half ago. Is it adoption? Um, yeah, adoption. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we started about a year and a half ago. Um, I went through a lot of the, the processes. They do a lot of classes and, and the home studies and everything. Um, we kind of dragged our, foot, our feet the last couple of months because just things we were doing some work on the house and whatnot. So we, we listed, uh, we, we went live, quote unquote, um, we were eligible to be placed with a child and um, we only waited seven weeks and we wow. got a little girl named Charlie. She's from Jersey City. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, we, we, my husband and I have been together for five and a half years and um, we, um, you know, pretty much from day one, we knew we wanted to do this and, you know, it was one of those things that we talked about, talked about, and we finally just jumped into it and it's been the best thing that we've ever done. Wow. So, you know, one of the questions that we want to be asking everybody is what are you doing at home to occupy the kids? At her age, I, I'm not sure the question is exactly the same and you haven't really had any experience with her prior to the pandemic anyway, but I'll ask, yeah. how do you imagine things would be different with her right now were none of this going on? Uh, you know, so like you said, it's it's kind of unique because she's so little. And, you know, that's the one thing that we, we talk about every night when we have dinner and stuff is that she's so lucky that she won't ever really had to deal or really remember any of these crazy stories that she's, that we're, that we're seeing and we're hearing. Right. Um, but, you know, my husband always jokes saying, you know, if she, if she was like four months older, he's like, he's like, we wouldn't, he's like, one of us probably would have had to leave our job because there's no way I would have been able to handle her and do these calls all day long and whatnot. Yeah. But I mean, the, the toughest thing right now about it is, you know, so my husband's family is from Vermont and Florida and my family is from the Philadelphia area. So they're uh, only about 30 minutes away. But, you know, my family is not a lot of my family have gotten to see her. Um, because uh, you know, we, she, she is only two months old. And by the time we got into our house and everything settled, like everything was on lockdown. So it's kind of difficult, especially, um, like distant cousins and stuff that, um, want to meet her. It's just, everything's over FaceTime and it's, you know, she has no idea, but it's definitely harder on the, on the other, other end of the family. There is a certain sense of isolation that comes from having it for the parents that comes yep. from having a baby. And then you add to it being locked up in the house. And that's gotta be an interesting mixture. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, it's funny that you say that about the isolation because when we first adopted her, because the baby was born in New Jersey, we had to spend about 10 days in New Jersey in a hotel room and for some technicality and paperwork stuff to go through. And um, that was isolation. Like, thank God now we're, we're back into our own home and have all that. But it's definitely, it's it's a whole different ballgame. Right. Um, well, there got to be some silver linings. And so what we would love to know is... Uh, can you give us some examples of things that you feel like you've pulled out of this horrible experience that that uh, are positive? 
You know, so I think the biggest thing is how much my husband and I have, like, we've worked together and, and just, uh, like, before it kind of be, like, we would maybe argue about how we're going to handle this and whatnot, and now it's just kind of, like, it's panic mode. This is, it's we're just going to do it. We're going to do it this way, and we just pull together, and, and things just happen, and, and it works. And, you know, outside of the family, it's just, it's nice to see uh, all of our family member, like our distant family, everyone is, whereas before we might not have talked all that much, but now on a daily basis, everyone's FaceTime, everyone's calling, everyone's checking in. And, um, I think, you know, in a way it's brought a lot of people together, even though we're distant. And I think yeah. that's probably one of the neatest things I've seen about the whole thing. And, yeah, and, and another thing is to see that everyone's human. Yes. There's some people out there that don't believe this is as bad as it is, but you know, when you go out and you see people that you work with and, and you know, checking in on your family, it's it, it means it means a lot because everyone's just is worried about everyone right now. I think it's it's that's brought out a lot of good in not just your family front, but the whole society. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it, it is really remarkable, right? That uh, a time when we can't come and be close to each other is a time when we're becoming closer to each other than we ever were. Yeah, uh, and like. Like I said, like my, you know, my husband's family is further and like we would maybe talk to them once, twice a week. Now it's every day. And, you know, and my poor, I have a whole bunch of little nieces and nephews that uh, they're between the ages of two and six and they're, they're, they're FaceTiming like four times a day. It's kind of gets to the point like, hey, we're trying to do some stuff around the house. I know you want to talk to us and see the baby, but. Yeah, be be careful, or or else we'll connect our twin four year olds to your to your account. Um, what about laughing? When was the last time you had a good one? Uh, like, probably last night when I came home, um, and I actually it was this morning because I got yelled at because I put uh, all the baby stuff in, and I was I was like in a in the and I put all her clothes in the washing machine, and um, I got a little scolding from my husband because I didn't pre-treat everything, and it was because uh, he she had a massive um, massive diaper uh, blowout, and uh, um. He was telling me, and I could just when I, I was just yesterday was a rough day at work, and I could just picture him up in the up in the nursery changing her, and um, and him just like being completely overwhelmed, and I just kind of like kind of lost it in, in laughter when I came home, and it's just you know hearing those little things and 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 whatnot, the stuff that where you'd be like, oh my god, I can't believe it, now kind of makes you laugh. It's, it's nice. <laughs> I at some later date would like to know what pre-treating means because I don't think that we ever did it. All right, I'm going to ask now. What's pre-treating mean? I put uh, like ivy soap or ivy soap and some shout on on the clothes to get the poop stains out. Oh, um. I see, I see. Yeah, okay. Well, all right. So before we go, we have one surprise question for you, which we did not share with you. Um, what meal have you been the most ashamed of during the last week? Oh God! I mean, dig um, dig down deep. The meal I was probably most ashamed of was the other day. I got up and I instead of making a breakfast, it was a first of all, well, it wasn't in the morning. It was like twelve o'clock. It was my day off. Right. And I got up and I made fried dough, like fried dough, and I just I ate all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's a pretty that's good one. <laughs> John, Lovely. thank you so much for joining us today. We really yeah, appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Take care Thanks. of yourself and bye your bye. family. Have a, all right. Have a good day, guys. Thank you. Bye bye. bye. That is clear.